0: Lost Talk Radio. You close to the Lord, don't pay heed to temptation, for his hands are so cold. You gotta help me keep the devil way down. devils!
1: The Devil
2: commitment to something greater than themselves.
1: God bless you uh, all for being here tonight to listen to another hour of the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. I'd like to acknowledge everyone who is uh, taking the time out of their busy lives to listen to my program. You guys are getting me so much closer to the um, the, the live listeners along with the, the folks who download the show are getting me close to more than 200,000 listens in just over a year's time, and I do so appreciate it. This is great. I really love it. So let's get started here. Oh, by the way, God bless the United States Marine Corps, and good night, Chesty Puller, wherever you are. Today's date is August 15, 2012. Old Town Alexandria, United States of America, Planet Earth, third planet from the sun. You know, before I get started, I'd like to say a little bit about uh, what's going on with Joe Biden. You know, a lot of folks are, a lot of the political pundits, a lot of the news folks are saying that, uh, well, they're either, um, you know, sticking up for him for the things he's been saying lately, the, the, um, the gaffes he's been making, the Bidenisms. And then there are those who find his comments appalling, completely out of place, out of line. And I must admit that last night I thought, when I heard about the, they want to put you in chains or back in chains comment, I thought, that's disgraceful. But I'm reminded of a time way back when... uh, Thurgood Marshall sat on the Supreme Court in his waning years, and he was interviewed shortly before retirement, and the interview was about 45 minutes long, and poor Justice Marshall was completely out of it. He was out of his head. And he was saying some wild, crazy things. A lot of it made sense and the rest of it simply didn't. I'm also reminded of an elder, Ralph Abernathy. Who in his later years and just before he passed on, had some really harsh things to say about Martin Luther King. A lot that was true. And a lot of it was just rambling. Folks were saying he was succumbing to uh, mental stress or, or senility. So when I hear Joe Biden making these obvious mistakes, I try to have a little bit, a bit of compassion, wondering, well, is it an act? Is this all designed to ease him out as Obama's running mate? Could I be so cynical and then bring in Hillary Clinton or someone else? Or could the man simply be succumbing to old age? I mean, I wonder how many of us have thought of that. Maybe... Maybe if Vice President Biden is just getting old. And we've all had the crazy uncle, granddad, you know, that guy who shows up, one of those relatives who shows up uh, during Christmas and Thanksgiving, especially, especially around Thanksgiving, who just says the craziest things, <laughs> embarrassing things, a lot of things that are true. There's just no uh there's just no uh you know, no governing what what they say. They just they just let it out. So I wonder if perhaps if perhaps Joe Biden is suffering from senility or just the effects of old age because as we age, and I'm sure a lot of you know this, we we succumb easily to mental stress. You know, we become physically and mentally fatigued. Now, East Coast is in the house. I'm glad he's here. He writes in the chat room. C uh, Jones. Um, this is what politicians do. They pander. How do you think they get elected? You know, and I tend to agree with East Coast. I'm just I'm just wondering. And maybe it's the compassionate side of me who's seen who 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 was just happened to be standing in front of a television when Justice Marshall went over the edge still sitting on the Supreme Court, by the way just so happened to be in front of the television when Ralph Abernathy told all, I mean, or so I think, almost a whole lot of secrets that weren't so secret about Martin Luther King. Shortly thereafter, they both passed on. So, perhaps uh, east coast is right and I, I i tend to err there i tend to go in that uh, in his direction he's just pandering using the the old y'all you know y'all they they want to put y'all back in the back in the in chains y'all as if that's how black folks talk pandering yes east coast is absolutely right So, I just thought I'd throw that out there as a bit of food for thought because Joe Biden has made an awful lot of mistakes lately. An awful lot of mistakes, even for him. And one wonders if perhaps, just perhaps, old age, fatigue, both mental and physical, is not catching up with him. Remember, you heard it here first. But perhaps I'm just that white bread, compassionate conservative. You know how we are. You know, it's the kind of thing that uh, has led Mitt Romney to only be tied with Barack Obama in several polls because, you know, Mitt refuses to get down and dirty. And stoop to Obama's level. Instead, Romney's bringing a a butter knife to a gunfight. Maybe I'm just like that. So, with that in mind, before we start the show off in earnest, I'm going to take a short break. Give pause for thought that perhaps Biden is simply not all there. And then we'll come right back and we'll get on with the show. You're listening to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report with me, your host, C. Robert Jones. Hey, by the, by the way, the call in number is 347-884-8500. We'll be right back. Now While Obama's
3: in France and telling everybody over there, hey, you got to help yourselves, the world ought to help, but... Uh- you need to fix your corruption, and you need to help yourselves and be great. He would say that here, but that's not what he's saying here. Here's what he's Everywhere saying here. You take. i and bridges if you got a business that you didn't build that somebody else made that happen you hired workers the rest of us paid to educate if you were successful somebody along the line gave you some help there was a great teacher somewhere in your life you uh, were safe in your factory because of police forces and fire forces that the rest of us paid for you you didn't get there on your own i'm always struck by people who think Well, it must be because I was just so smart. There are a lot of smart people out there. You didn't have to worry that marauding bands would come and seize everything at your factory and hire someone to protect against this because of the work the rest of us did. It must be because I worked harder than everybody else. Let me tell you something. There are a whole bunch of hardworking people out there. Now, look, you built a factory and it turned into something terrific or a great idea. God bless. Keep a big hunk of it. But part of the underlying social contract is you take a hunk of that and pay forward for the next kid who comes along. Somebody helped to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. The Internet didn't get invented on its own. This is absolute lunacy, as are most progressive socialist ideals. Parents paid for my teachers and the roads and the police and the firemen when I was a kid, as did their parents when they were kids. Now, I pay for the teachers, and the roads, and the police, and the fire, and all of the other services that these two socialists may wish to include. All of those people were compensated for conducting their duties as they were hired to do. ...owns a thing that I create, not one. What I create is mine. What they create is theirs. And if any of these boobs have one of Obama's newly created, overcompensated government jobs, and thereby create nothing... That's their problem.
1: Indeed, and welcome back to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I see East Coast in the house. Ned King, Stay Mad Radio. Wow. 29 palms all the way. That's for sure. Hey, here's the bumper sticker of the day for you guys. I was over at Whole Foods getting about $100 worth of stuff that fit in one tiny little bag. I don't know why I shopped there. Quite frankly. But uh, you know, Whole Foods is not called whole paycheck for nothing. I'm gonna stop shopping there. I'm gonna start heading over to Aldi's, you know, Giant, someplace like that, because it's out of control. But over at Whole Foods. But hey, listen to this. As I was coming out of the um out of the parking lot, I glanced over at an SUV and I read a bumper sticker. I couldn't help but chuckle. The bumper sticker said, it read rather, does this ass make my car look big? Do you hear me? I said the bumper sticker read, does this ass make my car look big? And beside those words was what? A picture of Barack Obama. <laughs> Oh my God, that is a serious bumper sticker. We talked about the uh, Who is John Galt bumper stickers yesterday and all the John Galt stuff I've been seeing on cars lately. But I'm starting to think that at least, if not Virginia, but Alexandria is not having any love right now for President Obama. (laughs) I need to get my hands on some of those bumper stickers. I'm not a bumper sticker guy. Not anymore. Not since I bought a bumper sticker at Quantico at the Marine Base and 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 put it on the bumper of my car. This was back when bumpers were made out of metal. Well, I put this bumper sticker on my car and I went driving down the road. And I was getting all sorts of attention for my bumper sticker. I mean, folks were honking their horns. And I had one lady yell out of her car window as she drove by, I'm a socialist. And I was thinking, okay. Well, wouldn't you like to know what that bumper sticker read? Remember now, we're talking back in the days before political correctness. I put the bumper sticker on my car after buying it in Quantico town, Quantico, Virginia. The bumper sticker read, "Kill a commie for mommy." <laughs> now, remind you, I'm a 22-year-old Marine officer. You know, and uh, I, you know, th- there was no such thing as, you know, politically political correctness. Really, wasn't you know, coming into play in the 1984-85. You know, it was just starting to come into play. So I got away for a long while. I got away with it, you know, having that bumper sticker on my car for a while. Finally, my dad suggested that I remove the bumper sticker because perhaps I was attracting the wrong kind of attention. You know, that might play, he said, on the base, but off base, you might get uh, you know some unwanted attention, so I took it off. But I tell you, that does that does this ass make my car look big? Bumper sticker was priceless. Wow! So here we are. The root cause, the root cause of Democrats' wild allegations against Republicans, their fears of change, their slogans and insane metaphors, are all explained. all explained by mass psychology, diagnosed more than a century ago by the French uh, psychologist Gustave Le Bon, on whose work much of my uh, my uh, historical uh, psychological background is based on. Le Bon's 1896 book, The Crowd, a study of the popular mind was carefully read by Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini in order to learn how to incite mobs. Our liberals could have been Le bon study subjects in many cases. While the country is drowning in debt and Medicare and Social Security on high-speed bullet trains to bankruptcy the entire Democrat Party refuses to acknowledge simple mathematical facts. Instead, they incite the Democrat mob to hate Republicans by accusing them of wanting to kill old people, poison the wells, poison the water, pollute the air, and so on. Now, according to a 2009 report... Before Obama added another $5 trillion to the national debt, Obama's own Treasury Secretary, Timothy Geithner, stated that in less than 10 years, spending on major entitlement programs plus interest payments on the national debt would consume 92% of every dollar in federal revenue. 92 cents of every dollar in less than 10 years. That means no money for the Army, the Navy, the Marine Corps, the Coast Guard, rockets, national parks, food inspectors, air traffic controllers, highways, and so on. And basically, the entire federal budget would be required to pay for Medicare, Medicaid, and Social Security. And the cost of borrowing money to pay for these programs, I can't even count that high. When Social Security was enacted in 1935, the average lifespan was 61.7 years. Today, it's almost 79 years and rising. But liberals believe the age at which people can begin to collect Social Security must never, ever be changed, even to save Social Security itself. They would rather run out of money. Now, mobs, according to LeBond, have a fetish-like respect for tradition. Except moral traditions, because crowds are too impulsive for morality. And that's why liberals say our Constitution is a living, breathing document that sprouts rights to gay marriage and abortion. Except, but the age at which Social Security and Medicare benefits kick in is written in stone. Now, Laban says that it's lucky for progressive civilization that the power of crowds only began to exist when the great discoveries of science and industry had already been affected. He went on to say that if democracies possess the power they will today – At the time of the invention of mechanical looms or the introduction of steam power or railroads, the realization of these inventions would have been impossible. Uh, You know, and I tend to agree. Liberals exhibit this exact groupthink fear of science, not only toward light bulbs and nuclear power, but also toward medical inventions And, and, and even more. And thus, when a majority of the country objected to Obamacare on the grounds that, among many other reasons, a government takeover of health care would destroy medical innovation, liberals started, well, the, 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 you could hear the crickets chirping in their little heads. They believe every drug, every diagnosis, every therapy every cure that will ever be invented has already been invented. Their job is to spread all the existing cures while demonizing and stymieing pharmaceutical companies that make money by inventing new drugs. Democrats haven't the slightest concern about who will formulate new remedies because they're engaged or enraged, rather, enraged at profit-making and they're quite suspicious of scientific advancement. Apart from the cures that will never be invented, liberal elites will be mostly untouched by the rotten medical care to which they are consigning the rest of us. Note, for example, how Democrats' friends, such as government unions, immediately receive waivers from Obamacare. Rich or connected liberals such as George Soros, Warren Buffett, Nancy Pelosi, and Obama himself will always have access to the best doctors, and just as Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez do. It's uh, it's similar. It's very similar to the way Democrats who refuse to pass school choice always seem to bypass the the, the, the disastrous public schools for their own children, who end up at Sidwell Friends or St. Albanus. Democrats don't worry about how bankrupting Social Security and destroying the job market hurt black people, bitter divorcees, and young people, because you know what? They always demagogue these one-party Democrat voters simply by repeating the Republicans are racist, hate women, or aren't cool like Obama. They can't sing. The rest of us are forced to live in a lawless universe of no new pharmaceuticals, foreign doctors, gay marriage, girl soldiers, a healthcare system run by the post office, (laughs) and bankrupt social security and Medicare systems. Because liberals can't enjoy their wealth unless other people are living in squalor. The truth is irrelevant. Only slogans and fear and and fear-mongering delight these mobs that Laban spoke so much about. The country will have the economy of Uganda in a very short period of time. But Democrats, they'll be living like kings. And they'll be in total control. And what then? What then for the United States of America? The following are just a few facts that Barack Obama does not want you to see. 359. When Barack Obama entered the White House, the average price of gasoline, of a gallon of gas, was $1.85. Today, the average price is $3.59. It's also hard to believe, but today the poverty rate for children living in the United States is a whopping 22%. And according to the US representative, uh, US representative Barry Sutton, the average an average of 23 manufacturing facilities permanently shut down in the United States every single day, an average of 23 manufacturing facilities Permanently shut down in the United States every single day during 2010. Back in 2007, about 10% of all unemployed Americans had been out of work for 52 weeks or longer. Today, the number is above 30%. The amount of money that the federal government gives directly to Americans has increased by 32% since Barack Obama entered the White House. US housing prices are now down a total of 35% from the peak, the peak of the housing bubble. East Coast writes in the chat room. C. Jones, companies will continue to get their monies, but smaller doses. Let it not be at the average American's lifestyle. C. Jones, let's get some of that offshore monies over $10 trillion or under tax shelters. G. Ski's in the house. Well, East Coast, uh, if if I – let's just ask – let me just ask you this, East. If I made $5 trillion for my corporation, Golden Jones Universal Media, which is my corporation – it's an actual corporation. You can look it up. If I made $10 trillion and I shipped it overseas and put it in an overseas account, whose money is that? Whose money is that? Does it belong to you, East Coast? Does it belong to Twenty Twenty or Stay Mad or Karen or Evil Clown or or Casanova Frankenstein or is it my money to do with as I please? Oh, and by the way, according to one survey, forty-two percent of all American workers are currently living paycheck to paycheck. The official U.S. unemployment rate has been above 8% for 52 months now. I'm sorry, 54. Today, an astounding 49.1% of all Americans live in a home where at least one person receives benefits from the government. Last year an astounding 53% of all U.S. college graduates under the age of 25 were either unemployed or underemployed. East Coast writes in the chat room again, the country is hemorrhaging and the tax codes protect them. Well, I'm all for rewriting the tax code. However, the money that's made by corporations, first of all, A lot of folks, especially liberals, would have you believe that a corporation is this shadowy entity within itself that is not made up of a group of people, shareholders, uh, other companies, and so on. For example, my company, Golden Jones Universal Media. It's my company. But that's just a name. I am the driving force behind it. I am an actual person. Corporations don't make money. People do. And that money doesn't belong to the United States government. Oh, and by the way, at this point, the Federal Reserve is essentially monetizing much of the U.S. national debt. For example, the Federal Reserve bought up approximately 61% of all government debt issued by the U.S. Treasury Department during 2011. Today, 71% of all business owners believe that the U.S. economy is still in recession. Oh, and here's a good one. Americans <laughs> It's it's funny, but it really isn't. Americans buy 80% of the pain pills sold on the entire globe each year. 80% are sold to Americans. Credit card debt among Americans in the twenty five to thirty four years of age has risen by eighty one percent since nineteen eighty nine. That's right. Go it's racist. So yeah, in some way or because it's, it's golden, it's not black. Now, East Coast also writes in the chat room, Bet you see Jones, some of those trillions if circulated in the US would do wonders for the unemployment rate, then so many wouldn't need government assistance. But here's the thing here's the thing uh that that a lot of uh Republicans are talking about and a lot of a lot of uh a lot of business owners, for example Steve Wynn, to to just to name one. And that is Obama has for for whatever reason Put businesses, small businesses and corporations on notice that he plan, his plan is to tax them almost out of existence. He wants to raise the corporate tax rate so that corporations are paying more money to the government so that he can redistribute it. And, and corporations are saying, okay, you know what? If that's the way you want to play this game, Mr. Obama, I'm going to stash my jack somewhere else. But listen, listen, East Coast, wouldn't you do the same thing? Let's say that East Coast made $6 million last year from East Coast Incorporated, his own company. Now, let's say East Coast has a wife and three children and a dog, a Rottweiler to be exact. And he's got to feed everybody. And he's bought a nice house. He's got a mortgage. He's got two cars in the garage. And he's got a little bit of debt. Plus, his corporation, well, he wants to expand. And Obama says to East Coast, you've got six mil in the bank, dude. Why aren't you spreading that jack around? Why aren't you spreading the wealth, East Coast? I tell you what, if you're not going to... I wish I could do Obama's voice right now. If If you... If you've got $6 million and you refuse to spread it around and hire some folks, here's what I'm going to do, East Coast. I'm going to raise your tax rate so you can give me more money, me, Obama, the government. And what I'm going to do with your tax money, Mr. East Coast, I'm going to take that money and I'm going to put it into a welfare program so that I can give some single mother who's got six kids by seven different guys some of that jack. Because she's had a hard life. 400 years ago, her great-great-great-grandfather was in slavery. And it's filtered down to her somehow where she didn't finish high school. And she got pregnant by seven different guys. And she's got six kids. And we need to give everybody a fair share. (laughs) I know it's bad math. (laughs) I did it on purpose. But hey. It's easy to say, East Coast, it's easy to say that the rich will always find ways to get rich. They always have. But how much do you really need? How much can you really spend? Is that really the point? How much do you need and how much can you spend? It's yours. You can do whatever you want with it. And by the way, East Coast, I'm sure you're a smart person and you fully understand that Mr. Rockefeller w- was not born rich with a with a big with a tree with money on it in his backyard, and that uh, Mr. Carnegie uh, was born poor. Uh, Thomas Alva Edison born poor. Uh, Bill Gates born middle class. Most of the people who became rich became rich because they built things. They made things. Most of the people who were wealthy were not born with silver spoons in their mouths. Even even uh, Donald Trump. His dad was rich, but certainly not rich by today's standards. Where does this idea come from? That most rich people who run corporations, companies, and factories were born that way. Most of the people who made the wealth of this country were poor people. And even if they weren't, whatever money they have is theirs. And let me ask you this, East Coast. I'm talking to East Coast in the chat room. Uh, He's listening to the show and he's typing in in the chat box. What happens when they get down when the government gets down to you? Let's say, mister East Coast, that you have two hundred and fifty dollars in your pocket. Who's to decide, who's to say that two hundred and fifty dollars in your pocket as you head into the parking lot, into Walmart, as a mother with three kids are going in and she's only got ten dollars to spend? Who's to say at some point? That it's going to filter down to you, and the government's going to say, you've got $250. This woman only has five. Give her at least $50 of that bread you've got. If that were to ever happen, East Coast, what would you say? How would you feel? What would you think then? Because rich, as far as I can tell, rich is relevant. Quite frankly, I consider myself to be comfortable, but there are people out there that I pass on the street every day who are a lot less comfortable, and there are people I pass on the street every day who are a lot more comfortable than I am. So who's to say who's rich and who isn't, really? There are people who have absolutely nothing, and then there are those who have you know, on average, uh, disposable income of say a hundred dollars a week. And there are those who have disposable income of uh, four hundred dollars a week. There are those who have uh, disposable incomes of four thousand and four million. It's all relative, East Coast. What happens when they get down to you? When it's decided that you've got too much? You know, there are a whole lot of people who think that, well, Dr. Jones is doing pretty good for himself. But match me up with, hell, almost anybody who's making, you know, six six figures. And depending on how high that six figure is, it could be a, a one more zero or point two zero. They're doing a whole lot better than me. I'm driving around in a uh, a, a 2000 uh, 2010 uh, Nissan Maxima. Earlier today, I passed by a Rolls Royce. I think it was a Corniche. Or I passed by a 70000 what I think is a $70,000 Audi. I passed by a couple of Porsches today. And I also passed by a couple of Chevy Chevette's. Remember that car from 1981, the Chevy Chevette? I actually passed by one of those today. So it's really all relative. All this talk about the rich and the wealthy paying their fair share. Just consider for a moment, what's your fair share? When does it get down to you, East Coast? We one wonders how much money East Coast is pulling down every week or every couple of weeks. Maybe you are making too much money, East. Maybe you've got too much bread. Maybe Obama needs to look into your finances to find out if he can get some of that bread from you to give to that unwed mother who, through no fault of her own, fathered 17 children by 16 different guys. Because, well, the white man just kept keeping her down. And so going to school and getting that education and making better life choices, well, it wasn't her fault. So let's spread the wealth around. Or could it be that I'm sitting here in my home office, which I actually could afford to turn into a a mini radio studio, and I've got one, two, three, four, five computer screens here. All, all of 26 inches, 24, 26 inches. And the, the computers attached to them to match. Maybe I've got too many. Maybe, I, maybe I've got too much. Maybe the government should come in here and take some of this crap. And spread it around. Spread the wealth, baby. All this talk about spreading the wealth and shared, not shared sacrifice, shared prosperity. Just wait until it gets down to you. Wait until it gets down to your level, East Coast. Because it's coming. Because once the wealthy have been drained of all their bread... And they don't have any more, you're going to be judged to be wealthy if you're making a certain amount of money, which will be arbitrary, of course. And then they're going to come for you, East Coast. Now, East Coast writes in the chat room build America, C. Jones. I want my country to be around while I'm alive, while I'm living. You know, it would be great to build America and to build in America. But regulations from the EPA and all sorts of other government regulations, as well as stifling corporate tax rates, have forced companies to move their businesses to places like Kuala Lumpur and places in India. Hell, earlier today, I spoke with a representative from Vonage where my uh, my office phones are, are attached to. The guy is India in India. Because to pay someone who works in India, you don't pay uh, into pension plans. You don't pay this uh, minimum wage, uh, health care, all of that other stuff. You don't. You're not have. You're not worried about any of that. You're not tied down by exorbitant regulations. Therefore, a company or corporation is allowed to make as much money as they possibly can for their shareholders and for themselves. And quite frankly, that's the way it should be. Now, East Coast also writes pretty pretty good uh, pretty good uh, stuff in the chat room. So do citizens begin to be violent with one another because of political ideology? Well, I don't know. I can't answer that question. But Stay Mad did. He writes no because it's the government that has pitted citizens against citizens. Think about it. He's absolutely right. Who is pitting Americans against Americans? Us versus them. Rich versus poor. Black versus white. It's the president himself. The president of the United States has divided America into us versus them. We they rich versus poor, those corporate fat cats, those jet owners, those millionaires and billionaires. If if violence ensues where common Americans, poor Americans start raiding mansions? Uh a la the latest Batman movie? Have any of you seen it? Who in this room in the, my chat room? Or who listening to the sound of my melodious voice has seen the latest Batman movies, where the masses are unleashed upon the uh, uh, the rich, where uh, they, uh, they just go and they just start looting and taking over mansions and anybody who has more than they have. Think about it. Who's pitting Americans against Americans? It's the head of the United States government himself. The leader of this country, the president of the United States. And and and, and to uh and to um East Coast Point. According to a recent Gallup poll, only 60% of all Americans say that they have enough money to live comfortably. And today, uh, 71, today 71% today, 71 of all small business owners believe the U.S. economy is still in recession. And the president is not making anything, anything better. Mass shootings are going up. America is in despair, and our leader, the leader of this country, is busy campaigning, raking in thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a plate. He's raking in thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a plate. East Coast. Can you imagine if the President of the United States spent one month? One month fundraising. And he took those fundraising dollars and spread it around in the poor communities, like, you know, sharing the wealth, shared prosperity, because obviously the man is prosperous if he can draw in a crowd of, say, three to four thousand paying forty to fifty thousand dollars a plate just to hear him talk for a few minutes. Ask yourself this question, East Coast. Seriously, why doesn't the president just take a week and go do a week of fundraising and then donate that money to charity or donate that money to to uh, uh, to women's shelters? I mean, he can do it. I, I'm not sure how the campaign finance laws would uh, would be affected by this, but one wonders if he couldn't do that. Anyway, uh, uh, 2020 radio is coming on. G-Ski rocks in just a few minutes. My main man. His show is fantastic. You got to be there. Be there or be square. I know I'll be there. And hopefully Jermaine will be back soon. His show is fantastic. And I've got some good news that his show is also going to be simulcast on an AM uh, radio station. I think that's great. Slightly jealous. Yes, of course. Because I'm competitive. But... His show is better than mine. So, hey, I'm all for it. It's going to be great. I'm going to listen. So, be sure to tune in to uh, uh, to 2020 radio just a little bit later on tonight. It's going to be fantastic. So, folks, we're just about out of time. I really did – I really have enjoyed um, East Coast being in the chat room tonight because, you know – he put forth some great questions. He put some great stuff out there. Stay mad, countering just a bit <laughs> really nice, really nice. Thanks a lot for coming in East Coast. Hopefully you can tune in again sometime and uh you know put your feedback up in the chat room and maybe maybe stay mad'll come in and uh and do a rebuttal um but once again, I do um. I do uh, appreciate East Coast being in the room. It's been great. All right, so we're just about running out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and put my theme music on, and we're going to get out of here. I love you guys. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy evenings to tune into the show, Blog Talk Radio, the Dr. C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Tune in to G-Ski in just a few minutes. Love you guys. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We missed Mays. That's right. She was in here last night. That's for sure. And she was, uh, well, Mays was Mays. And you got to love her. So maybe she'll be back tomorrow night for tomorrow's broadcast. Once again, folks, thank you. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We're out. Out
2: of respect, I right. gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything. And he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. (laughs) I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friend.